This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him. Shin! Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we'll be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 60 and 61. The monstrous Owlman's killer X-rays! Kaiki Fukuro Otoko no Sachin Rentogen! Shakar unleashes the deadly Owlman whose piercing eyes emit killer X-rays. Their plan is to cause a cascade of explosions throughout all the clocks in Japan by destroying several clock towers. Can Kamen Rider save the country in the nick of time? Nathan, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about one of the shocker plans and I got really, really bent out of shape because of how ridiculous the plan was. Yes. This week we have a foolproof <laughs> plan, a foolproof plan. We're going to create yes. a monster that uses x-rays that can kill people. Got it. Then we're going Got to it. blow up some clock well, we, we've upgrade We've upgraded from the skeleton cutouts to the uh, to the plastic skeletons at the Halloween store. Got it? Yeah, full full plastic skeletons. Uh, then we're going to blow up some clock towers, and those clock towers are going to send a chain reaction to all the clocks in Japan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> do are oh, wait 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 are uh do clocks in this universe work like mirrors in mirror man because in mirror man all the mirrors are connected because mirror man can jump in one mirror actually it doesn't even have to just be an actual mirror it can just be a reflective surface and he can jump through and travel to another reflective surface and pop out I so mean... i guess they're all connected are all the clocks connected now are they literally I mean, destroying time itself? I, I, I just, uh, huh? I, <laughs> I really. Does the proto version of the internet exist and all clocks are connected to each other? I this, just, I, I can't even. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't even know. This could only exist this plot line could only exist in a Japanese tokusatsu because like, this is the weirdest plot I have ever heard. <laughs> this is like something that would make sense in some sort of weird way in say doctor who. Maybe? But yeah, but what? I, yeah. What? 
I just the what? the plan, the plan. Did, couldn't it's, you just leave it at I don't know blowing up some clock towers? That's enough. Or, or using like Owlman's eye beams, X-ray eyes to like send out an X-ray wave across the country. Yeah, he has deadly X-ray vision. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. This is why yes. Superman only uses his X-ray vision when he absolutely has to. <laughs> or when he's in high school and sees pretty girls but <laughs> i've seen smallville <laughs> i've seen smallville oh well it happened in the movie too like yeah it's like yeah. you're wearing pink what do you like pink i do like pink yeah <laughs> Come on. apparently so, owlman owlman is just like Oh yeah, I want to see what's underneath because I'm gonna I'm gonna rip off everything else. I explain to me how the deadly X-rays get rid of flesh and clothes but leave bones. I mean, okay, that that kind of makes sense to me because you know how do X-rays pass through and show you like when you get an X-ray, how come you can see the bones but you can't see clothes and and skin? So I get I get like the the mentality of like oh, okay, so X-rays pass through yeah through skin and clothes but don't pass their bones. So if if they were turned into a weapon, they would leave only the bones. But like yeah. X-rays already are a weapon. <laughs> like like X-ray like well what gives me is that it says killer X-rays. Like X-rays are already deadly. That's that's we use them to a certain, you know, to in small amounts, but they are already deadly. That's like saying you know, deadly radiation. Well, radiation's already <laughs> deadly <laughs> on its own. It's 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 just the amount that makes the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I would just like to say, just to continue the DC connections, it's too bad the Batman isn't around anymore, and Archigen's friend Ultraman is owned by another company. Oh yeah, we got an Ultraman, we got an Owl Man, so we need a we need a uh, Superman. Who? Uh, who? <laughs> who? 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 Okay, we continue. We we continue that. Okay, the song moods obviously. Yes, <laughs> we continue the tradition of the kaiju just making weird noises, and I'm just picturing the voice actors just going into a booth and just getting paid gobs of money to just do silly things for hours gobs of money and tons of beer i mean like give me enough beer <laughs> and i will be making those noises too that's somebody that's a band's album title right <laughs> what give me enough gobs beer? Of money and tons of beer oh gobs of money <laughs> i thought it was give me a bunch of beer <laughs> no no it's hold my beer no it's gobs of money and tons of and tons of beer that that's that's somebody's country music album right there i <laughs> there's something that happens in this episode that i'm very ha happy doesn't stick around for like the whole episode. It's just like a, just briefly at the beginning, because I feel like we've kind of moved past that in this series, or I feel like we've moved past it, but then we do go back to some of the old things in the next episode we're going to be talking about. So we'll, we'll get to that. But the thing is 
people not believing kids when they're telling them about these monsters. Oh, yeah, we're back to that. Because we have these two girls who see their coach killed by Owlman and they run to this security guard or this officer or whoever and they tell him and he's like, oh, you're just pranking me. I'm not going to fall for that. And and then one of the girls gets kidnapped because of it. Yay. <laughs> I just recorded an episode of the Monster Island Film Fault about the original Blob. So let me tell you, it's not just limited to this time and place. Well, no, I well, I mean, the blob was like 20 years before this, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, More I know like that's 15, a but sure. It's a trope of it's a trope of things, especially things geared towards kids of kids know what's going on and the adults aren't listening and i get that and i know and they've done that before in this show i just i'm just getting tired of it because we've seen how hayato and uh hongo both of the common writers have been the ones who are the voice of reason they're like no kid these kids like we live in a world where monsters exist if these kids are describing monsters shouldn't we at least investigate it (laughs) like they're at least thinking that way so it, since they already are the voice of reason on that end, I hate seeing it brought back constantly of other people not believing the kids. So I'm glad it was only at the beginning of the episode. It didn't stick around. I guess the question is how public, well, in universe, apparently Shocker is still a secret organization. but Very secret. Yeah, somehow. The explosives they put in the clock tower are branded shocker explosives. <laughs> I was like, shocker branded explosives. When you need a, a clock blown up. <laughs> check <laughs> when you need anything blown up, except no substitutes, shocker explosives. <laughs> they had the logo. We need your money to take over the world. Please pay us. Oh, man. It, it just... The, this this episode was fun, but the plot, like the 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 main like plot, was so just crazy. Yeah, and it's, it's owl with X ray eyes blowing up time. Yeah, I mean we could have titled this we could have titled this episode "Killing Time," right? Yes, we could have. Uh, one of my favorite moments, and I I don't know if you noticed this, but so we get the first fight. We've talked about, I think it was uh, two weeks ago when we were covering the episode. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was before that. But we talked about how these episodes are now following the formula of the of Common Rider fights the bad guys. He doesn't win there's either a stalemate or he loses and then he comes back and they fight at the end and win so there's two big fights in each episode and the first Mm -hmm. big fight i i love that the shocker goons are now cowboys they're lassoing things and twirling you know lassos and twirling them around and and catching common rider in ropes and hog tying common rider it's just it was great yeah so that Owlman can hit him with his with his killer x-rays and common rider can take it he takes it right to the groin <laughs> <laughs> 
I Owlman, saw that. You weirdo. That that pyrotechnic explosion was very close to his nether regions. And if I was uh, Fujioka on that set, I would have been very upset by how how close that pyro got to my nether regions. <laughs> Is it just me or did the music they play when they were got to the shocker base, the shocker base of the week? Didn't it did it feel like weird old like late 70s early 80s video game music to you i think they've had stuff like this on the show before like the 16-bit music <laughs> well if not even 16 more like four <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly didn't notice it but i would not surprise uh, the, me. the weirdness of the music just stuck out to me this week that and owlman looking a bit fuzzier than he was feathery but well i mean owls owls have fluffier feathers than than other birds so eh, it works. Uh, this is yeah this is true this is true uh tachibana gets in on the action a little bit which was kind of funny he beats a shocker goon up with his own baton and yeah. then the same shocker goon in his final moments betrays shocker yeah i thought they were like brainwashed to where they couldn't do that but although he struggled i guess he's just i guess he just decided well they they decided to kill me so screw them <laughs> but all he it's can like write his, it's like his one it's like one last screw you to to them for killing him uh, but all that he can do is write the numbers one through twelve one through 12 and which they, and they put out. a and then they went like what did he put on he put an x on the 12 yeah yeah he like circled the 12 yeah uh, and, and then hongo and taki because they're sherlock and watson they're like what does that mean must mean an explosion yeah yeah okay now the, it could also like, mean you die at 12 the 12th the, hour doesn't exist <laughs> the leap to it having something to do with clocks or time that I understand. Cause one through 12, well, how many things, you know, only count to 12, you know? So, Oh, a clock that makes sense. But the leap to explosion from just an X, uh, that I don't understand. <laughs> Did you forget that this is that co one of common writers things is leaping. Rider jump to conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This ep this episode in particular was making the jokes for us at points. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, it which was. we'll talk about in the awards. But it was making the jokes for us. So and then we get, it doesn't last very long. And I was a little confused by it at first. Because I'm like, wait, is Common Rider leaking the Cyclone's fuel? Here, what's he gonna do? Light it on fire and burn a bunch of shocker goons or something? No, it's the shocker goons rather sloppily using a flamethrower, and then we get a Godzilla versus Megalon situation here, where there's a, a, a where you know he goes down, down, down in a burning <laughs> ring of fire. Fire. Yeah, and then we find out due to thanks to the power of the narrator that's common writers fireproof 
yeah which, which I, I feel like we've known that beforehand yeah because like he's he is resistant to electricity which we'll find out in the next episode uh which yeah. we, i mean we've seen before he's resistant to fire he's just very very durable yeah but then even the and oh and the cyclone's fireproof too but then he still decides to jump out he's then he turns into a dummy on fire falls into the water and then flies out of the water like superman yeah. What? <laughs> that almost got the wth award this week because i'm just like wait what just happened that was really because he did catch on fire he was on fire so they so they threw a dummy that was on fire into the water to show that common was on fire but he just he jumped into the water to put himself out <laughs> i just I, I was confused i was confused and you, and you know another thing that we get back to in this what quarry fights quarry fights yes yes lots of quarry fights in these two episodes this week uh i mean it was it was fine uh i thought that the earlier fight had a better you know kind of scenery and stuff than this last fight of the episode because the earlier fight kind of happened at a location that was interesting and they even jumped on the roof of a of a like building and the roof kind of like wobbled a little bit and i was like i don't think that roof is very stable so they didn't really stay on there very long but but uh so yeah like the first fight was really interesting and then the last fight of the episode is just in a quarry just all those endless quarries yeah and but... if you get that reference you are a nerd among nerds heroes of the internet but we do get two new writer moves. One of which I'm going to talk about in the awards. But what was okay. the other one? Writer crush. <laughs> writer crush. Which is just him stomping on the floor. Or in this yeah. case, the roof. <laughs> writer crush and writer hammer were our two new moves. So I love it. So he's turning into Thor. <laughs> writer hammer. <laughs> Mjolnir, come to me. <laughs> did, did you ever play Marvel versus Capcom 3? No, uh, no, I don't think I did. Uh, maybe, maybe I did. Yeah. <laughs> All of Thor's moves in that game were mighty something. Everything he did was mighty. Okay. Mighty smash. <laughs> mighty played, tornado. Played... Yeah. <laughs> I played uh, Marvel vs. Capcom uh, at the arcade, so I can't tell you which one I played. I just played the arcade one. Yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom three wasn't it? Wasn't an arcade, so you probably played. You probably played the uh, one or two. I'm guessing. Okay. Because we need to start a Marvel podcast, apparently. <laughs> yeah. No. No, we don't. Because me and you would fight the whole time. <laughs> it depends on. It depends on what particular Marvel thing we're talking about. Because that is one thing that we seem to fight more about than anything else. Like we, comic we, books? we, we have you very similar, books? we have very similar interests in a lot of things. But the one thing that we fight about is comic books. I don't know that and Dr. Who. Well, no, no. Cause I do kind of agree with you on Dr. Who. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, now all of our listeners are like, what are these two talking about? If, I think now is a good time to move on to the next episode. Yeah, I think we're getting a little off track. So maybe we should transition. 
the monstrous Catfagillar's electric hell. Kaijin, the Mazugira no Denki Jingoku. Dr. Shinigami visits Shocker's Japan branch and brings with him Catfagillar, an electric catfish Kaijin. The villains then capture Goro and Taki, electrify their bodies, and send them as mind-controlled assassins to kill Hongo. Kamen Rider is in for the shock of his life! They say it's a mystery. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> you can do without it. Boogie, woogie, woogie. But you know it's there. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to teach you, gonna... teach you, teach you. I'll teach you the electric slide. <laughs> you done son <laughs> yeah i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say you'd think an organization called shocker would be having more electricity based villains than they do just saying yeah it's well, a little shocker... more on brand than explosives yeah but this time around shocker got catfished <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could take all their money. <laughs> oh, so Dr. Shinigami is back. Yay. Yay. We get a super villain team up for the first half of the episode. I really liked this episode for that reason alone. Just the idea of bringing in two big villains and having them team up in this episode was just just absolutely great i loved it yeah but it's only for half the episode and uh, although they seem to weirdly like each other it's kind of funny yeah there's kind of that mutual respect there well yeah which which there's there's more respect coming from ambassador hell to dr shinigami dr shinigami kind of seems like he looks down on ambassador hell a little bit (laughs) a little bit a little bit maybe but then he it's funny later on he calls cat figiller off and says that we have to go enact the next part of our plan and apparently the next part of his plan was leaving yeah yeah well okay i mean we've talked about there's these moments and because it's it's a kid's show it's you know that type of show that the villain has the the hero and then you know conveniently walks away or says no don't kill him now we'll kill him this other way it gives him time to escape This at least made a little bit more sense because they did already establish that they had the plan to send Goro, who was kidnapped, in as a basically Trojan horse type thing (laughs) to assassinate and kill Team Rider. (laughs) What did they have to do? Make him just stand on a rug for an hour and rub his feet together (laughs) on the rug (laughs) charge up enough and this is what i was hinting at in the last when we were talking about the last episode that we're going back to those things that we've seen before in previous episodes including mind control Mind control yay oh and we do the let's let's mind control taki and have him fight common rider and then fix that in about 
30 seconds. Yeah, I uh, I know. I expected that to be such a big epic, you know, Taki versus Hongo big epic fight. I mean, we've had that before. Like, like this is not the first time that Taki's been mind controlled. So, I mean, we've had the fight, but it always lasts for just a short period of time because they know Taki would beat Hongo if he had the chance. <laughs> Maybe if this was the manga and he was a writer and he was writer three, but okay. <laughs> I joke. I still, I, I love, I love Hongo. Hongo is still my favorite. I, I love him to death, but yeah, I just, I do love Taki too. Um, can we talk a little bit? Actually, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, Goro's kind of a perv in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> because he got mad. Uh, well, okay. Cause he made the legs comment and the, and the writer girls got mad at him. He made a comment about legs, but then started just got down and started like staring at one of them's legs. And it's like, Goro, you little perv. You're only like 12 years old. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, but I still thought I'm with Goro. I thought it was a little mean to just smear his ice cream. That ice cream was probably expensive. <laughs> he would be in a little perv. He'd be in a little uh, perv. Uh, and then they, they uh, run in. Uh, uh, they he they run and and he chases after them the the rider girls and they run into this cave system and they get separated from goro and goro just conveniently stumbles upon shocker even lady luck hates shocker <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean the the whole idea that they're even on this island cuz they're not on the main island, the, the main island of Honshu in Japan. They're on another island. I forget what island they were. They were on one of the little smaller uh, islands. Are you sure it's not Hawaii? Because uh, we had hula girls. <laughs> yeah, no, they they said it. It was, um. hold on, I will look it up. I will look it up. Because it was uh, Naga something or another. Uh, Namagawa, I think. It looks a lot like... Um, the uh, like Okinawa or it's no not Okinawa um what's the other one Ogasawara that's what I was trying to think of Ogasawara. oh yeah it, Ogasawara. It, looks a, it looks a little like Ogasawara or or I guess Okinawa too because it's kind of like this blend of of Polynesian uh mm-hmm. style with some Japanese which is kind mm-hmm. of where like what Ogasawara and even a little bit of Okinawa is a little bit of that too yeah. Uh, so, so you know, it, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure because Tubi is not being my friend and telling me where they're at. But it's still just, yeah, it's an interesting place that they're in. <laughs> I've, Japanese hula girls. I'll say it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 took a break in this episode because like, I even wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, uh, we interrupt this common writer episode to present fire dancing and hula girls. <laughs> <laughs> it felt weirdly James Bondian, to be honest. <laughs> it did. It did feel a little bit James Bondian. And also, I was very disturbed by the fact that Hongo and Taki, after 
Goro was kidnapped and they find out that Goro was kidnapped, they just go and like hang out down there drinking beer and watching hula girls. <laughs> like, are you <laughs> not concerned? <laughs> I, I guess that's how much they know that he's a common canny. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh i love there's a moment in this where the shocker goons show up and uh you have hongo and taki on their motorcycles and taki immediately charges in just goes you know riding right towards them and all of a sudden he gets knocked out <laughs> just immediately like taki what were you planning on doing the same thing he always does, apparently. <laughs> I mean, they had grenades. <laughs> grenades! Yeah, yeah, like old World War II grenades. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, can we go back to Caffigiller for a second? He's. He's kind of cool, but also kind of weird all at the same time. An electric yeah, catfish? Is that he's, a thing? I don't know. I know electric eels. I was going to say, why is he an electric catfish? There is electric catfish. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a thing. It exists. Wow. Says Who would have thought Common Rider was educational? But but here's the thing. Oh, uh, they electric catfish are found in tropical Africa and the Nile River, not anywhere near the Andes where this monster was supposed to have come from. I think Doctor Shinigami's been traveling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he says, but the, what gets me, and I love this this interaction because Catfish Giller it tells uh, Hongo, he's like, "I have come all the way from the Andes to kill you," and Hongo's retort is, "That must have been a long trip." It's like, yes, yes, actually, it was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best you got, Hongo. I'm disappointed. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, but then we, we have this moment with Caff uh, with Caffigiller uh, where he just freaks out and his eyes glow and he starts whipping everything. Cause that's his thing. He has electric whips, and all I kept thinking of was Frax from Power Rangers Time Force, where he would have his little bug out eyes. He's like. Ah! I was like that. That's that. He's got the crazy eye. He's doing the crazy <laughs> eye. Totally the crazy eye. All uh, then another funny thing about his eyes. Pretty sure those pupils are holes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so the actor can see. Yeah, probably. Probably, like, guys. You, you've been getting so much better with these kaijin costumes and might have wanted to hide those a little bit better <laughs> but i tell you what the special effects in this episode were top notch 
because you know besides the the suit of catfish killer but the effects that he has like his electrical effects anytime they show people getting electrocuted and the sparks and stuff and him whipping around his like tendrils that that create like electrical shocks whenever they hit something there's always these little sparks and little you know bits of of pyrotechnics that go off and they're like man the pyrotechnics crew worked their butt off on this episode oh yeah yeah everywhere and it was so it was good i loved it i was just like there are sparks there were more sparks in this than a super sentai episode like it was crazy the amount of sparks that were going everywhere yeah for sure although Catfish Giller, Catfish Giller seems to, I don't know. He has a weirdly specific way he has to recharge. He needs to have reflected (laughs) sunlight. Sunlight. Not just sunlight, reflected sunlight. Reflected sunlight charges the electric catfish. Yeah, okay. That sounds like a song lyric, actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. Reflected sunlight recharges the electric catfish. <laughs> oh my God. We're both in really musical moods tonight, apparently. <laughs> and now we're making bull crap up. <laughs> You know, but, but you know who's apparently not uh, at the end of the episode is suddenly not in the mood to dance with Japanese hula girls and fire dancers? Hongo. It's like, because they're all like, where'd Hongo go? And I'm like, yeah, why is he broody now that they've won? He's okay. In this episode, we've talked about how he ha- he seemed a little less broody uh, since he's come back than when he, you know, left in those or those first 13 episodes. But he is dialing up the broodiness it seems like a little bit each week because when Taki gets kidnapped, there's a moment where you get this, the scene of Hongo just standing there staring out into the waves. And he says, Taki, where have they taken you? Are you dead? And and it's just like, yo, know, he's just has this, like, just, you want music to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can picture Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater 3000 just starting to say, because it's just like this big moment. Because <laughs> just he, it was this broody, the broodiest moment that he had, just staring like, "Are you even alive now?" It's like, oh, and I. Even and then he down, shows, like, uh, and then he show, and then he shows up, and Hongo's like, "Taki, you're alive!" And he says something like, "Hongo, die!" I'm like, "Oh, good lord!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have it written down in my notes as Hongo stares into the waves, contemplating the fate of his friend and lover. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> you have moved the shipping. What's their What's their soup? What's this one? Super couple name? I forget. Uh, we had Takiato. What is this one? Uh, well, let's see. We have uh, Takongo. 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 <laughs> no, it's just to. It's just Togo. It's to go. Togo. <laughs> Oh it's my just gosh. to go. Uh, oh, there to go. 
Yeah, T O G O. I'll take the I'll take that electric cross to go. Uh, I look okay. So they're pumping Taki and and Goro full of uh, like fifty thousand volts of electricity. Fifty thousand watts, which doesn't kill them, and apparently right, doesn't, doesn't affect and doesn't aff- But it it hurts anyone who touches them, but it doesn't hurt Hongo because you're like I'm a cyborg. That's just a little bit of electricity. I'm like a little fifty thousand watts is a little to you. And then, uh, but that's for that's for Goro. And then Taki, Taki can hurt him. He only has to right. do is touch him, and it hurts him. I'm like, how much is it him? You gonna give us numbers on that one? I'd love to know. <laughs> but but it, I, I love that it just it, like you you see the like the right team writer grab a hold of Goro, and then he shocks them, and so it's like oh, they're being shocked, and they just. Oh, and then the lights are flickering and the sparks are flying and everything. But yet all they do is just pass out from it. It's like no permanent damage. Yeah. But then when the shocker goons get knocked his way and they just conveniently grab his hand, they're like, die, die. Yeah. Yeah. So much plot armor for the, for the, all of the characters in this. I guess the writer girls and Tachibana for that matter are tougher than we realize. I mean, we've said that before about them, but I guess they really are. I wonder if any of those shocker goons were ever sitting there thinking, it's like, must write note about how to defeat shocker. (laughs) Well, I like the Tachibana. Well, we mentioned it in the last episode that we were, the last episode we covered this week, but Tachibana got involved in the fight and got involved in things and and the whole yes. team writer actually got involved because like we said the the electric catfish has to recharge his powers through reflective light <laughs> coming from a big mirror <laughs> for some reason electric catfish needs to be the name of something I'm not sure what but it needs to be the name of something <laughs> and so team writer actually like they fight off a couple of goons that were guarding this tower, this big mirror. And then they actually stop the, the tower from charging electric catfish. So they actually help. They do a, a big job in helping. So it's like, you know, we don't get, we don't get team rider involved in a lot of these fights anymore. Like, you know, a lot of times they're there for the comedic effect. So anytime that they're involved, I like it. I like seeing it. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, I've burned through basically all of my notes at this point, so I think we can move on to the awards. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, we can. All right, so we're going to the awards. These are fun little awards that we give to some standout elements from each of the episodes or on occasion movies that we talk about here on Henshin Men, starting with the Henshin Kick Award for the Best Stunt or fight scene. My nominee this week is the Raida Hama, which you remember how August Ragone told us that there's a major professional wrestling influence on Common Rider. We saw it here with the Raida Hama. It's yep. a giant swing. Yep. If you're a professional wrestling fan, it's a giant swing. You grab a guy by 
his legs and you twirl around, let him go, and he goes flying. <laughs> you know, all the talk of Ryder Hammer, and we mentioned earlier the Ryder Thor. Uh, I, I just, I'm just picturing now the a hammer flying past Common Rider, and then someone reaching up and grabbing it from the air, and it's Ruriko. <laughs> 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 Ruriko returns with the hammer. <laughs> no Ruriko returns as a writer oh that would be epic actually yeah someone would. made fan fiction <laughs> that would be awesome uh, writer Ruriko I like it spoilers like it. for anybody who hasn't seen the trailer for the new Thor movie <laughs> well yes but let's be honest let's be honest we all know Hongo is worthy oh just yeah. saying <laughs> I don't know. But is Would Hongo be but worthy? Maybe. Actually, I would say yes. Would he be worthy, though? Well, that is true. That might hold him back. But what about Hayato? Mm, see, I feel like Hayato would be more worthy. Would be I'd be more inclined to say he's worthy than Hongo. Not that I like Hayato more than Hongo. I do like I like both of them, but I like Hongo a little bit more. But just I think I don't know. There's it just seems like uh, Hayato has him his like identity centered and stuff. And I don't know. Maybe he just feels. Uh, yeah, he I feels feel like more you worthy. and I need. I feel like you and I need to do some random bonus episode where we just make a list of tokusatsu superheroes and debate whether or not they would be worthy to lift Mjolnir. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Hongo, I mean, Hayato, <laughs> if uh, Zhu Ranger, Tachibana uh, is definitely worthy. <laughs> we'll go through all the Ultramen and try to decide which ones can lift Mjolnir. <laughs> oh, oh, my answer is going to be very few. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the uh, Ultraman. <laughs> no, I think actually, you know, you, you it's a joke, but I think that having a bonus episode somewhere down the line where we talk about just su American superheroes who qualify as henshin heroes even though they're not japanese superheroes but quali they qualify they fit into the the same kind of uh yep. genre that the mm -hmm. common writer and, and ultraman do i think would be mm -hmm. a lot of fun so that's something to do it would be i mean we talked a bit about that we talked a bit about that in our introductory episode we even mentioned thor yeah yeah, I think Thor, Wonder Woman, especially the the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. very Henshin style. Mm -hmm. He Man. So, uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, so that might be something to look forward to, listeners. Um, but let, yeah, let me give my Henshin Kick Award. So, I initially was going to give it to the the pyrotechnics in the in the Ring of Fire <laughs> that uh, that we had earlier because I thought that was such a a neat stunt of having fire and and everything. But there's there's another shot in this, and I'm going to give it more to the camera work than I am to the stunt work. But there the stunt work is good too. But the camera first starts focusing on Taki fighting some of the shocker goons that's up on like a, a sand dune and he's at the top of the sand dune and he's fighting them. And then one of the shocker goons rolls down the sand dune and the camera follows him. And it's one shot, one long shot 
follows the shocker goon as he rolls down and then pans over to Hongo fighting some of the shocker goons. And so it's just this one real long shot that started up at with a fight scene up at the top of the dune and then follows all the way down continuously into the fight that was happening at the bottom of the dune. And I thought that was just such a really great camera shot paired with the stunt work of these two fights happening simultaneously that just really made that stand out to me. Yeah, actually, I considered having that one for my award as well. All right, and now we go on to Talking Toku for the best special effect. You know me, Travis. I have to give it to this. Anytime miniature work shows up in the show, which is not often, it's probably going to win it, even though you know, compared to things like Ultraman or Toho movies or whatever, doesn't quite live up. But... I really did like that they had a miniature building on a miniature mountain set for <laughs> for the sun reflecting satellite dish yep. that gets blowed up. Yep. <laughs> gets blown up by the rider kick, uh, like usual. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, like I said, I appreciate seeing the miniatures. Yeah, yeah, it is always nice seeing it. Like you said, that doesn't happen very often. So when it, it does happen, it is a nice little treat. Uh, my award goes to the electric catfish powers, uh, especially specifically the first time. I, I thought they were good throughout the episode, but the first time that we see him, when Doctor Shinigami introduces him to Ambassador Hell, and he and Ambassador Hell's like, "What can he do?" And he reaches out and grabs one of the shocker goon standing next to him and electrocutes him and the, just the the glowing lights and and the sparks yes. and everything shooting off was just such a big epic you know thing the, the big epic scene and a big show of of special effects that i thought was really great and then he immediately follows that with just swinging his whips around and striking machines and sparking and blowing <laughs> really destroying their base of operation so i mean like tone it down a little bit catfish killer <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit a little a little although we're shocker we have unlimited money and we still can't succeed right <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway and then now we have coming at you for the best line okay this is what i was talking about earlier the show is making the jokes for me now it is, they're making the jokes for us now it's like it's like the show realizes that we likes ourselves some puns so it's like here we'll make it for you yeah so ambassador hell goes over the preposterous evil plan of the week with Alman, and Alman's response is a literal time bomb <laughs> yeah that was great that was great <laughs> I, I wonder if that was if that was actually the original line or if that was just the suppers at shout factory having a little bit of fun <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't feel like the, the shout factory uh, subbers are having a whole lot of fun <laughs> when, it, when it comes to these, they seem a little lazy. 
sometimes. Oh. Oh. Shout Factory, if I if Travis does not speak for me, just so you know, if you ever want to sponsor the show, spon- you can sponsor it because of me. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful for them providing this stuff for us in a way that we can actually, you know, watch it. I think that's great. But some, uh, sometimes the subtitles, uh, they need a little work. <laughs> anyway, what's yours? Uh, I... I was so happy to see Dr. Shinigami again. So I had to give a line, one of the lines that Dr. Shinigami does. And when, when, when he is telling Hongo and Taki that they have kidnapped Goro, he says, Shaka has taken that annoying brat hostage. It's like, see, even Dr. Shinigami recognizes how annoying Goro is. <laughs> even Dr. Shinigami knows that he's a common Kenny. He's a common Kenny. I like Goro. Yes. Most of the time I like Goro. Yes. Uh, in these episodes, he didn't do as much as what we've seen him do in other ones. So he he felt very kind of like like a common Kenny more in this than he usually does. But I just love yeah. that. Shaka has taken that annoying yeah. brat hostage. <laughs> yes. All right. And now on to what is still my favorite award. WTH. What the henchin for the craziest moment. Although mine's not so much a crazy moment as just a ridiculous concept. And we've talked about it already. So I won't belabor the point, but come the frick on. How does Operation Clock Tower Detonation work? Okay, I don't understand. How does this metaphysical time bomb work? Please explain. Because I have to know, does would this happen if any clock tower gets destroyed? I mean, does this mean it when Gorgo tried to take out Big Ben? Is that the, you know, like every clock in... <laughs> Uh, in London should have exploded or something. How far reaching <laughs> is it? How far does it go? If this happened now, would all of our phones explode? Because they have clocks in them. Uh, it, I'm just saying, this is a wee bit cuckoo. That is the wrong button, Marchand. <laughs> <laughs> we got to leave that the, the mistake in, too. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh yeah yeah i mean i don't know what else to say we kind of said it in the episode that that plan i mean we've talked about shocker has had some crazy plans this one is up there as one of the craziest yeah if we wanted to compile if we ever wanted to do like like a list of most preposterous shocker plans i think this is making top five yeah maybe even top three (laughs) yeah it'd be close but yeah (laughs) i mean it's hard to top blood of virgins and puppies but (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's also hard to top like using the the elixir that brings people back from the dead just so you can enslave two scientists to build you deadly weapons like you have the means to create an army of zombies anyway listen to listen to the last common writer episode that we covered two weeks ago uh because that's when when i talk about that sure (laughs) um yeah for sure anyway 
my what the henshin award goes to there's an early shot it's one it's actually the first shot of the actual episode with the owl man we see him in silhouette and his eyes i thought they were popping out but apparently they were putting them in like inserting them into his head but i thought they were popping out so in my mind i thought for the rest of this episode this owl anytime this owl uses his powers his eyes are going to bug out of his head oh, and that so you thought he was going to be you thought he was going to be frags from time force I, I thought his eyes were just going to bug right out of his head and then like and then when they didn't i felt kind of disappointed so i'm putting that as my what the henshin not just because that's a crazy thing that i saw but also it's a what the henshin you didn't give me an even crazier idea <laughs> you know now i'm sad that didn't happen exactly <laughs> all right well now it's time to move on to minute to henshin it <laughs> This is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. For some reason, I think I went first the last time, Travis. So would you like to go first this time? Sure. All right. On your mark, get set, go. I said it earlier, but I think that the the real heroes of these two episodes this week are the pyrotechnics crew because they did so much. Even in the Owlman one, anytime he used his powers and there were these little sparks and explosions and stuff that were happening, it really feels like they've dialed up the amount of physical pyrotechnics that they're willing to do in this show. And I think that's great. It adds to the show, makes it more fun makes it more exciting makes it more energetic and i just love seeing that so for me this week those were the stars of the show wow 40 seconds that's the longest you've gone in a while yeah insert dirty <laughs> joke here anyway <laughs> oh lord <laughs> it's one of those nights anyway my turn on my market set go so Yes, the the show is continuing to hit its stride. We had a couple of fun kaijin this week. I don't know exactly what else to say other than this is, we've had a good stretch of episodes and I'm glad that it's settling into a new status quo. I like seeing the, the production values continue to go high. It was uh, fun to see a super villain team up. I was thinking, actually, that this was going to be the one where we would, spoiler warning, see the end of Dr. Shinigami, but I guess that's later. I don't know exactly how much later that is, but I know it's coming later. And then we're going to get, you know, a little bit later, get into another status quo for the show. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying the ride. Well, a little over 50 seconds. So there you go. I was even trying to stretch it a little. Nice. And yeah, so I guess the only other thing to say for this episode is boogie, woogie, woogie. And you know it's there. 
here, there, and everywhere. Come on, do the electric slide with me. Okay, no, no, seriously, we want to say thank you for listening to The Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and The Power Trip, which is our sister podcast that is also part of the Kaiju Ramen Media Podcasting Network. And if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? This week, people will reduce to henshin and bones. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.